absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. To yet another episode of Leave the Pin In Podcast. I'm Dan, and this is my good buddy, the man who will never wear a mock turtleneck, Scott. Scott, what's the good word? <laughs> you know, I, strangely enough, I have one of those old Tiger Woods mock turtlenecks. Oof. Uh, what I, color? I'll explain. Light blue. Um, okay. I, I will explain. I purchased it at a Nike outlet, uh, I think for maybe like $5 back in 2005 or 2006 you know so the the og style and at the time i was like you know what it's like five bucks why not um and i think i maybe wore it once and it was not a style that worked for me so and how often have you worn that uh, i think i wore it once to play golf and I think I maybe wore it one other time to attend a golf tournament. Okay. And now it just sits there reminiscing about the good old days, which are back in style yet again. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to take a look and see if I even still have it. If I do, I know exactly where it would be um, in my basement in a, a bin of old clothes. Um, I'm thinking it probably got tossed. I'm thinking if you do have it, we need a picture of that, and we'll put it on Instagram, at leave the pin. Well, I tell you what, if I have it, I'll, I'll look for it in a little bit. If I have it, I will wear it tomorrow to play golf. Beautiful. And, Beautiful. And you know what? People will look at me and be like, oh, well, you're dressing like Tiger. That That's pretty cool. There you go. Maybe it, even playing like Tiger. Well, one can only hope. Uh, and it is, it's a, you know, it's a TW collection, you know, Nike one. Um, it's actually, I mean, the, those old Tiger Woods collection clothes were, like, incredible material. So, if I remember correctly, it was really comfortable. It just, you know, wasn't a great look for me, but... Well, and because they were probably two sizes too big, you know, a medium was like an actual extra large with the way he used to wear his clothes. Yeah, it definitely has, like, the, the Steve Stricker sleeves, so... You know, there, there's that going for it. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I'll yeah. take one for the team. There you go. There you go. Um, so let's start off, Scott. What did you do in golf this week? Uh, what did I do in golf this week? Uh, I did not do a whole lot. Um, it, it rained most of the week, so I didn't really get a chance to play. The days it did not rain, uh, I was home with my daughter for spring break. So her and I did chip in the backyard a little bit, and when I say her and I chipped, I mean I chipped into a net and she retrieved the balls for me. Okay, so, so future caddy? Yeah, she did a great job. Every ball that was hit into the yard, she retrieved, including a few that I hit out there uh, in a snowstorm a few months ago. So Did, did you give her more than 0.6%? Uh, L2 Can is jealous of the compensation that she received. I will say that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I had uh, I had a bunch of lessons this week. It was a pretty busy week. Very busy time of the year for lessons, you know? Mm. Everybody is trying to shake off that winter rust and trying to get back out and play. So I had a bunch of lessons. I actually got one day where I actually got to work on my own game, amazingly. Mm, that's always um, good. 
always good. I regripped about 50 clubs this week. I feel like that's all that I did all week at the range. But fortuitously enough, as I was there, um, you know I was selling a bunch of old clubs this year, right? Yes. Went into my attic, got all the old clubs that I no longer use anymore, and really looked around and was like, geez, I have a whole entire bag of old clubs. And, and and when I say old, I mean, hell, some of them are two years old. They just either don't fit my swing or I don't like or whatever. I'm not, not going to use. I, I can only carry 14 with me. You know what I mean? What am I going to do with these others? They totally get you. Right. So I decide to put them up at the range. <clears throat> they go like hotcakes, you know, hand over fist. Easy, easy money. No, no sales tax. I'm beating Uncle Sam, right? And uh, I got three left. I got a Matrix red tie shaft for a driver with a telemate adapter on it got a great big bertha epic three wood and then i don't know something else and this guy who comes in all the time we call him like a snake oil salesman right because he's always like hey kids come to my car i got scotty cameras back here you want to see him yeah, they make him in his garage you know just old, old like uh old pings that he got at a garage sale that he just stamped scotty cameron on well no i mean it, it's funny because the dude actually has like great stuff it's just you know, like, whatever he has, I don't need ever. Right. And I, I like looking at his stuff, but, you know, for the most part, I don't I don't need anything. It's, nothing's going to knock it in my bag. So the only thing that I don't have 100% faith in is my 3-wood. I have an old tailor-made R7, which I, with a stiff shaft, I have not been able to knock out of the bag. So he goes, I've got this um, Callaway Great Big Bertha 3-wood. I said, oh, let that's me see That's what I'm it. gaming right now. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. So am I, Scotto. Ah. So I look at it. It's got an upgraded tensai shaft. Mm-hmm. And I look. I'm like, oh, my God. This thing's beautiful. It's never been hit. And I see it's a regular flex. And I'm like, oh. I said, you know, dude. I said, this is a regular flex. He goes, no. It's tipped. He goes, it plays stiff. Uh, I okay. said, give. I said, give it to me. I go out. You know, at this point, you and I can hit four or five balls. We know if the club is going to fit us or not. Oh, absolutely. I smoked three in a row. So I went back in, talked to him a little bit. I said, give me the club again. Let me just make sure it's not beginner's luck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I go back out, hit five more. Perfect. So I traded him those other ones. He wanted those in like 30 bucks. And I was like, nah, dude, I'm not putting any money out. So about, he leaves, about half an hour later, I get a call, and he says, hey, Dan, uh, you still want to do that trade? No money, though. You don't have to put any money out. I said, so just club for club? He goes, yeah. I said, bet. So he comes back within like five minutes. Must have flown there. And now I'm the proud owner of a great big Bertha three wood with a beautiful 10 size tip shaft, and it is money, Scotto. I was killing it today when I played. He probably just like drove down the block a little bit. So how much money he could sell the 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 red tie shaft for on eBay. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Let's just do it. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you, he was fiending for that thing. Couldn't get his hands off. Couldn't get his hands off of it. He wanted it. Mm. And I got nothing to do with it. I can't hit it. It's such a it's such a low ball flight. Um like I lost like twenty yards compared to even the regular stock shaft. Um mm in my r11 you know um and then forget it compared to the extra stiff pro launch blue that i've got like it's it's crazy right. you know how how poor of a shaft it is and for whatever reason this man wanted it 
and enough where, you know, I, I 100% feel like I got the better end of the deal. Well, if you got a club that you're going to use for clubs that you don't use, you got the better end of the deal. Exactly. And he probably feels like he got the better end of the deal because he was never going to be able to hit that three wood. Right, exactly. And and you still have your R7, I'm assuming. Correct. Yeah, so if you needed to go back to it, you could still sell that other, you know, the, the Big Bertha and then you're Never. Good. It's never leaving. I already regripped it to match... All my other clubs, it has the new Golf Pride alignment grip, the Masters version one, the green and white. Never. Mm. It's never leaving. Okay. Cool. Till you know, till at least maybe like 2022. You know, then we'll start thinking about something else. Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned old clubs in your attic. I, I went through the basement, and I, I've been kind of selling things off. Um, but I, I have some clubs that I kind of keep forever just because uh, sentimental value and stupidity. Um, sure. So I still have my original Great Big Bertha driver. Like you mean the one with like the bore through shaft? With the bore through shaft, and it's like wow, it's like like just a like raw aluminum basically. Yeah. Um, I still have that, and I still have my King Cobra Greg Norman driver. Wow. Do you, do you remember I had the, the Greg Norman, I mean, sorry, the King Cobra Offset TI yes. driver, and my dad broke it at the Caniac driving range? Yes. And then I had to get it reshafted with a steel shaft? Yep. <laughs> that club was horrible. Uh, yeah, I, I might take it to the range one day and just see what I can do with it. I would, I would, for nostalgia's sake. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, the uh, every, every so often I I go on like Craigslist just to see what people are selling at garage sales by me uh, to see what clubs I could pick up because you know someone has them in their garage and they don't want them anymore. There's never anything decent. Uh, then the other day I came across something and I was just like, this has to be fake. And it was someone who was selling like three or four sets of like new-ish tailor-made irons for like 500 bucks or maybe they just happened to fall off the back of a truck somewhere yeah i mean they weren't the the most current ones but they were definitely from the last three or four years gotcha it's just like eh, nah these can't be these are like counterfeit ones that someone, <laughs> yeah. someone got from china or something <laughs> um yeah, that's I. I always it's funny because I always like seeing old clubs, you know, because people bring them to the range and and they'll uh, be like, oh, okay, you guys want to buy these? We're like, no, like, what are we gonna do with them? And then they're like, ah, eh, all right, listen, you can have them all if you just give me a free bucket. We're like, all right, deal. <laughs> yeah, and, and then that's something for you to goof around with at the range. That's it. Yeah, I I, I love doing that. Love doing that. Uh, all right, Scott, let's let's get into the professional tours. Uh, so listen, answer me this honest question. Does anybody out there care about the RBC heritage, or are we still Robert Garrigus high after Tiger's win? Uh, it, it's totally a Tiger high. Uh, I don't even know that all of the people playing in the RBC heritage really cared about it that much. And based upon some of the scores on Sunday, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Based on some of the scores on Sunday, it seemed like some people may have been Robert Garrigus high. Ooh, yeah, uh, that's it. It was not a good day for a lot of people. It's not their finest hour. 
No, no, not at all. Um, we'll get to that in a, in a second, though. But what was your favorite Tiger moment of this post-Masters week? I'm going to take yours. <laughs> Go it, ahead. It's him walking around in gym shorts and a t-shirt with his green jacket in his restaurant. If you didn't see it out there, Tiger has literally been making the rounds in Jupiter, Florida with Raiders shorts, his green jacket, his actual master's green jacket, and the Tiger Woods Frank the Tiger head cover logoed hat. That has been his outfit for about the last week. The gym clothes, you know, the gym shorts and the t-shirt is fine. The green jacket, okay, fine. Walking around with a uh, your own sort of logoed hat all the time, that's a baller move. Yeah, do you, Tiger, right? Do you. Because, you know, and the green jacket, fine. He's like, whatever, I got five of these. He has a hat that has his head cover embroidered onto it. Because I love that hat. I do love that hat. Because <laughs> um, he's Tiger, and that's what happens for him. And Nike will, and they've said it, will do everything in their power for Tiger. You know, so if Tiger calls up and says, hey, can you make me a hat with this head cover on it? The answer is going to be yes. I don't even think there's a moment of hesitation. I, would, I think it would be amazing if he had a hat and a polo that had a nine iron going through a window on it. Like through the back of a car window? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know that he wants to go there. I think he'll go anywhere nowadays. He don't care. That You know what? You're probably right. Because why wouldn't you if you're Tiger? I get I don't know. I don't know. Listen, answer me this. Who has the better fashion sense? Okay, this is like the lesser of two evils. This is like basically when the presidential election comes around. The lesser of two evils. Who has the better fashion sense, Scott? Tiger or Michael Jordan? Um... You mean like off the course tiger or everything? On the course you have, tiger? You have to take on the course you have to tiger take... is is reasonably well dressed. Yeah, but oh. on the court, MJ was also reasonably well dressed. So let's take it out of professional arena hmm. and let's go into personal life. Hmm. I, I mean, the gym shorts and the you know workout shirt that works for Tiger because he's a gym rat. So I'm gonna say Tiger. But with the sort of disclaimer that the the baggy jeans, the dad jeans, have to go. I I agree. So you're saying Tiger has a better fashion sense? I, I do. I think so. Okay. I will say so as well. Um, not by a large margin, by a very slim margin. It just, it always blows my mind that... And I know they have so many yes people around them, but like at some point, don't you think one of their women would be like, dude, look at you. Like Michael Jordan is the richest athlete out there, probably. And he is the worst dress athlete out there, hands down. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And again, Tiger, for the most part, I figure is just walking around with like clothes to go to the gym in. For him, that's fine. He should just stick to that and and golf clothes. Like, someone from Nike should just script his apparel all the time. 
Why can't MJ just wear what Tiger wears on the course? That would up MJ's fashion sense 100%. Or even if he just went with what Harold Varner wears on the course. He's he's a Jordan-sponsored guy, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. So um, there you go. Just whatever you make for him, make it an extra tall for me, and I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Even Charles Barkley looks better than Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, because he's you know he's he's rocking the suits on TNT, right? So yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. So, hey, all right, move. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm good. Uh, I was just gonna say, moving on. Their fashion Perfect. sense sucks. We're uh, let's let's go from Jupiter, Florida, where they are. Let's go to the great Pacific Northwest, Scott, to Bandon Dunes in Oregon. Bandon Dunes is going to open a brand new course in 2020 next year the bally bandon sheep ranch core and crenshaw again are working on it they've got everything routed right now it's going to be a par 71 7,000 yard 18 hole layout they have almost a full mile of coastline to work with out there scott when and i don't want them to but when is bandon going to stop what's the magic number this will be number five. So here's the what? This is crazy. Um, it's insane. It it just looks nuts. Uh, here's the thing. What else is up there? Nothing. So why would they stop? They, I don't know. They might as well just keep building golf courses because there ain't nothing else going on up there. So the, keep going. I mean, th- this is this looks nuts. It is, the routing is insane, and like insane in the greatest use of the word possible. Now, we have a friend that, not anymore, but for six years throughout college and after that, she worked at Bandon. Still knows people there. Um, She was from Bend, Oregon. Actually, uh, you know, like Allie was her mentor in college Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, you know, big shout out to Melinda if she's listening to this. And she's the one that hooked Allie up with my wife up with all the, the Bandon jackets and got me the, the one of the original Bandon hats. The only reason that I would be mad, let's say you went there, right? And you went there five years ago and you played Pacific Dunes, mm-hmm. you played Bandon, um... You played Old McDonald, and I, I can't remember the fourth one off the top of my head. I don't, I don't, I've never been there, so that's probably why. But let's say you play those four. Well, there's Bandon like, Trails is the other one. Trails, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's say you play all four, and you're like, you know what? Bucket list achieved. I've been to Bandon. I spent a week there. I played nine rounds, whatever. I'm good to go. And then Bandon's like, ah, 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 here's another. you got to come back. That's the only way I'd be mad. And not mad in a pissed off way, but mad in a way of like, oh, there's so many other golf courses to see, but now I've got to get back there again to play them all. Right. So, yeah, and, and so I think what the, the – and obviously the purpose behind building more golf courses is to get repeat visits. And right. Because – it is a thing like you might view as a once in a lifetime trip, but not if there's going to be new courses there. Um, you know, so maybe it's worth it 
you know, if they come up with a, a couple new courses every 10 years, let's say there's a new course, you know, then great, you know, so maybe that's a thing that you go to every 10, 15 years, check out the new courses. Maybe it's a, a three times in a lifetime trip instead of a once in a lifetime. Knowing now that there's going to be five full courses as well as the short course there. All right, so really six courses, right? Right. Um, what do you think is a good amount of time to spend? Let's say we go in 2021, right? How many days do you think people have to spend at Bandon to get the entire experience? With, hey, full caveat, Scott and I have never been there, okay? We're just kind of playing devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, What's I, an adequate time to see and do everything and not feel rushed i think i would want to spend a whole week see i think it's more okay i i think it's like because if i'm there i'd want to play each one probably twice okay now at bandon it's yep oh i know you are (laughs) i know you are um you know bandon is very difficult to get to they just started having some direct flights from denver uh, well, not direct. Nothing's direct, you know. But instead of like flying into Portland and having a four or five hour drive, now the drive's like an hour and a half or two hours. But again, you're still going across country for our East Coast people, you know, which includes us. Right. So I feel like it's it's that's basically an entire day of travel. Although when you're going there, you're kind of picking up some time. But when you're coming home, you're losing those three hours. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it's like eight nine days. You know, 18 on the day you get there, 18 on the day you leave, then 36 most of the other days with maybe, a, a, you know, maybe one or two of the other middle days you only play 18 because you want to go explore the labyrinth and maybe do some hiking trails and stuff like that. Hmm. I, I'll tell you right now, I could spend a day or two just at this practice center. Oh my god, yeah. And the putting course there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is off the hook. I I, I mean that that's see that's the thing. It's the punch it's bowl so, is the putting course, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Right, correct. It's so big now that I feel like when people go, they may walk away with feeling like they didn't get the entire experience because oh, I only got to play the punch bowl late at night. One night I didn't get it all in, or or I, you know what? I only got to play Pacific Dunes once, or I played Old Mac once and, and it was real windy, and I wanted to play it when it wasn't windy, or vice versa, you know? Right, right. It's it's like there's all many, there's almost too many options. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not complaining. Trust me. If the place had ten courses, they'd probably be ten of the greatest courses you've, you have ever played. Oh, I mean, what they've done is essentially just build the best courses you've ever been to basically you know like i'm i'm going up with my oldest son this summer to play sand valley and mammoth dunes and the sandbox at a par three course now That's for us it's going to be cr- crenshaw design if i correct yeah. yep now, for us, that's going to be a quote-unquote once-in-a-lifetime trip. We're playing 72 holes within a day for the summer solstice. So we'll bang out Mammoth Dunes for two rounds and Sand Valley for two rounds. Plus, we'll play the Sandbox the night before. However, guess who else is building another course? Sand Valley. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So, you know, we'll see it in its progressive stage, but we won't see the finished product. Am I ever going to get back to the middle of Wisconsin again? Probably not. Probably not. And that's well. Here's the thing, though, and and maybe you won't go back, but you know maybe the boys will go back, and then Correct. that'll be a thing where you know maybe that's not a, a trip that you make, but it's something that you're you're bringing that to the the next generation, and that's one of the reasons why you know these things get built. Right. Right. Now, I I first off, with everyone saying how bad a shape golf is in. You know, I couldn't be happier that they're being built. I couldn't be happier with the social media presence golf has nowadays. I couldn't be happier with the new wave of golf influencers. So that's not a negative at all. You know, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, no, totally. Totally get it. All right. So they've got that going on. That's going to be probably an enormous premiere next year. I don't know exactly when. I'm assuming probably summer of 2020 that's what yeah it says 2020 so i'm gonna assume spring summer okay um moving on to the web.com tour our boys dan and mike were down there at the robert trent jones trail championship at Mm. the senator course in prattville alabama uh my apologies to everyone during the last interview we did with mike i kept calling it prattsville because i guess that's just the way that it should sound in my head it flows off the tongue and, that way and a few people on instagram were like dude there's no s and i didn't know what they were talking about until i realized it is just prattville alabama hmm. scott a dude named lanto griffin won. yes i want to start calling him lando calrissian uh every time i see his name that's what i think it 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 he is a star wars character yeah um i'm, I'm pretty sure he is and he looks like Han Solo. A little bit, yeah. He's got that and, like that like swag to him. And like Vijay Singh gave him a putter and a putting tip and said, go win this week. And Lando <laughs> Calrissian won. Shout out Vijay. You That's think actually Vijay... a pretty solid it's a pretty solid top five leaderboard there. Lando yeah. Griffin and Robbie Shelton on top. Tyler you mean Lando McCumber, Calrissian? Yes, Tyler McCumber, who's up and coming. Scotty Scheffler finished fifth. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler's been playing great the last month. So, yeah, I mean, that that's... Web.com's no joke. No, not at all. Not, not you know, not not when you get the... Uh, uh, the land, you know, the Web.com tour is like a, a hive of scum and villainy Chad within Campbell. the golf world. Chad Campbell made the cut. Yeah. So, well, cool. Yeah. David Lingworth. It's good to see. Remember him. him from back in the day? Yeah. I well I think he he ended up losing his privileges because of some medical issue. Oh, okay. So now I think he's trying to make a comeback. Ah, Steve Marino missed the cut. Ernie Els probably beat him up on a plane. You think uh you think Ernie Els and VJ Singh would be able to pilot the Millennium Falcon? Um, I think they'd probably need Arnold Palmer's help. Ooh, good call. Good call. You need a, a licensed pilot to fly that thing, I think. Eh, do you really? Eh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I 
if Lanto Griffin wanted to pick you up in the Millennium Falcon and fly to San Antonio the next Web.com tour, would you go with him? Uh, I'd ask him if he wanted to just skip it and maybe head over to Bandon. Oh. We'd get okay. there real quick. Would you... You know what would be awesome? If at Bandon you could ride Banthas instead of walking. But then they'd have to call it Bantha Dunes. Yeah, there All right, you go. This, this turned into a Star Wars podcast real quick. All right, so <laughs> let's go to some tournament notes on the Heritage Tournament Notes, sponsored by Swing Juice. Jeez, Swing Juice. Uh, hey, use this code SJ Augusta twenty five to get twenty five percent off your order at SwingJuice.com. I was wearing my Tiger Woods goat T shirt to work on Friday. Mm. And one of my co-workers said to me, what's the bottom of that say? I said, it says goat. And she says, oh, that's a goat? The only answer to that is yes. Yes, it is. Once I stopped laughing and was able to wipe the tears from my eyes, that's what I said. And my other buddy said, dude, tell me the name of the website. I'm buying that immediately. And I said, all right. I said, before you do... Use this code that I've got, SJAugusta25. Save yourself 25% off on these awesome t-shirts. And they do have some great t-shirts. Mm. Yeah, they do. Um, I, there, there's always been a few that I've been like, hmm, maybe I'll pick that up. And then I never do. But 25% off is kind of hard to resist. Yeah, 25 Yeah, I mean, geez, a quarter of the price gone right there. Yeah. You're only paying three quarters of actual retail price. Exactly. All right, let's go into this. Look, the RBC Heritage has been at, um, uh, what you want to call it? Harbor Town. Thank you. With the Lighthouse ever mm-hmm. since it started. Yep. And this tournament has a ton of multiple winners. You got our boy, Sea Isle Zone, very close to there, Davis Love, the third right Mm -hmm. he's won it five times he had to withdraw this time because his daughter was having a baby well so couldn't go back but he's got five wins hail Irwin has three wins and the following people this is a who's who of golf hall of famers have two wins johnny miller hubert green tom watson fuzzy zeller Payne stewart stewart sink jim furick and then ride the pony boo weekly has won twice. Remember mm. when Boo Weekly won back to back? He chipped in the one year. Yes. Yeah. Not only do I remember it, I saw it on TV a few yeah. times on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> they showed it a couple times. So all those people have multiple championships there, and uh, Satoshi Kodaira is the defending champ at RBC Harbortown Golf Links. Played at seventy-one hundred yards to a par of seventy-one. And our 72-hole record was by Brian Gay in 2009. And the 18-hole record by David Frost and Troy Merritt. They share that. So, Scott, not much happened this week because, A, it's the RBC, and, B, Tiger just won the Masters. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like everyone came down off that like crazy high that they were on. Um, I, I just have to say this just because I it's going to make me crazy if I don't. So Stuart Sink, when he won it, it was the MCI Classic and then the mm. MCI Heritage. So we're mm. getting closer. Um, he also has a Travelers Championship win, but he's technically won that tournament twice from 1997 when it was the Canon Greater Hartford Open. 
So ah, yeah. I remember when it was the Hartford Open. Yeah, so he has um, multiple tour wins at tournaments that are no longer named the same thing. We there's got to be a stat about that somewhere. Somewhere somebody on the internet has compiled who has the most tournament wins of tournaments that have changed names. Uh it's probably Tiger. Oh, I'm or, sure. Or or well, who or Jack Nicklaus. Could be. Remember, even back in Jack's days, a lot of those tournaments weren't even sponsored. True, true, true. Or they were sponsored, but the sponsor's name wasn't plastered everywhere. Like RBC had their logo on the lighthouse. Yeah, which and and that like crazy tartan that they put on everything too. Yep. Although the crazy tartan was on a pair of Footjoy shoes, and they were sick. Oh, remind me, I tell you something about shoes when we're done. Fair enough. Um, so just a few tournament notes. DJ blows up and shoots 77 on Sunday, Scott. He was one off the lead. Yes. I think he was leading going into Sunday, and by the time he teed off, he was one off. Right, 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 right. Correct. Sorry. Um, And then he shoots 77 and finishes all the way at the bottom. And his play, I believe, influenced my boy... Mr. Ian Poulter, who was in second place and dropped all the way to tenth. Yeah, I, I think you're you're probably correct, because I, you definitely sometimes when you're out there, you, if the people you're playing with aren't playing well, you kind of go down to their level. Yeah, I mean it's it's frustrating, you know, if you're playing with somebody that just starts spraying the ball everywhere and it throws your rhythm off. I mean, it was, DJ was a disaster. And it's just mind-blowing with a swing like that, mm-hmm. that he could ever go so wild. And I think what's even more mind-blowing, and it speaks to how consistent he's been, is you see something like this, and all of a sudden it becomes the top story. Because when does DJ ever shoot 77? Uh, almost never. Like, yeah. aside from the final round of the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Well, And that was, yeah, and that was a complete and total, you yep. know, that was unexpected too. So Right, right. So yeah. we got CT Pan winning, and uh, the evil Matt Kuchar finishes second, mm. makes a birdie on 18, which almost nobody birdies, and you thought for a while there, geez, maybe Kuchar's going to win, which we don't want to happen, but CT Pan took care of him. Well, he came out of nowhere, too, and you know shot 67, and all of a sudden is at the top of the leaderboard, so yeah, good job, CT Pan. Yeah, Patrick, so that was good. Patrick Cantley came on pretty strong in the end there too he's had a great two weeks Mm -hmm. i mean geez this kid is riding a high all the way from augusta yeah i kind of i kind of feel like his breakthroughs not far away either no it's got to happen soon it's got to happen soon all right so rbc cool whatever ct pam won congrats kucha didn't win that's even better and dj blows up scott this week I, I I really like this event, and I think I like it just like I like match play, or just like I like the majors because they're so different. We've got the Zurich Classic in New Orleans, and we've got two-man teams. Mm-hmm. They sp- split them up together. I mean, they you know they go off, and you, your foursome is, is basically two, two-man teams. You've got 160 people in the field, right? 80 teams of two. 
And then uh, they cut them down to teams inside the top 35 and ties at the end will make a cut. Uh, there's no secondary cut this week if, if need be. Par 72, lots of par 5, stretches out to 7,425 yards if need be. This is a cool event, Scotto. You know what? It is cool because I like anything that's different. It's still legitimate competition. And again, I like things that are a little bit different. That uh, th- that kind of gets me going. So after kind of the you know the the stress of the Masters, the kind of you know whatever of last week, now we're you know throwing something fresh out there. So. Yeah, and, and look, I, I like Harbor Town. Like, I like mm-hmm. the course. I like the way it looks. It's just, you know, the, the tournament just wasn't that exciting. And honestly, what would have been after the Masters? Yeah, yeah no, nothing. Short right. of Tiger being like, you know what, I think I'll play this week. Right, or well, someone shooting a 55. That, like, nothing else was going to top that. Right, exactly. So, so this is what's pretty cool. Each winner gets 400 FedEx Cup points. Not split, but each. And then each winner, the two guys each get $1,051,200. And both guys earn two-year exemptions on tour. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Then both guys get into the PGA Championship, the 2020 yeah. Tournament of Champions, the 2020 Players. I mean, it's so cool if you're playing with like a good friend of yours and you guys both win and you get everything together. Yeah, I mean, the, this is, and you know, the Ryder Cup's fun because you're playing for your country, but this is like, this is potentially, you know, career changing for some of the, the teams that are out there. Right. All so. right, so let's go over a few of the teams. Here is my team that I hate because of how well Patrick Cantley is mm-hmm. playing. You saw this, right? Yes. Patrick Cantley is playing with Patrick Reed. The team of Patricks. Yeah. So that's not good. Then you've got the other Debbie Downer, Sergio Garcia, is playing with Tommy Fleetwood. Hmm. Got a pair of the Euros together. I guess so. Um, and, and, you got, and obviously Molinari's not playing, so. Right. You got the hot Australians. Jason Day and Adam Scott both playing very well. I think I think they missed the cut last year. I'm not sure. Uh, there's no way we're, I'm going to remember. I'm pretty sure they did. No, not at all. Um, you got a very very odd pairing. I mean, like weird people pairing in Bubba and JB Holmes together. Uh, is that weirder than John Rob and Ryan Palmer? <laughs> I I feel like this is a game of gym class dodgeball, and those were the last two left, and they're like, hey, we'll just make you a team. <laughs> like, why can't I see John Rom play with Sergio and then just blow the hell up every hole and yell and curse at each other? Yeah, that would seem to be the uh, the pairing that would make the most sense, but okay. right, yeah, a hmm. cool pairing. You got Brooks and his brother Chase Kepka playing together. I like that. All right, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. N- nothing else really stands I like, out. In- I like Ustazen and Schwartzel. 
Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. And I you mean, know what? I also I also like Henrik Stenson and Graham McDowell. That's a good one too. I, I yeah, I love Graham McDowell. So, and remember, he's got a win within the last month. He does. He does. Hmm. So it, it it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, now, aside from it being super cool with teams of two and you get to see like you know a little bit of a different dynamic and how the caddies interact with each other what is your favorite part of the zurich classic uh my favorite part of the zurich classic is without question the walk-up songs hell yes what this is what i need to know i need to know who chooses the walk-up music i think the players do okay next I need to know if each player gets a veto. Do they have to agree on it? Does the music fit both of the people? Uh, I think they probably consult with each other. I mean, I can't imagine if, you know, two guys are playing together, someone's just like, oh, yeah, let's just go with this. And they didn't consult with their teammate. Right. All right, well, tell me, Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot. You and I are in a group together. Mm-hmm. Um, what's our walk-up music? Ooh. Um, what would our walk-up music be? Hmm. Hmm. That's a really good question. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to tell you what I would like. Go for it. I would like it to be walk by Pantera. Uh, okay. I, I'm because not, I'm not I, I sure need to which get... song that is, but I do like Pantera. Okay, well, that's, a, your, that's your band, so. I, I love Pantera, and I would love it to be played at a decibel level that would literally make little kids scream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <coughs> if, if you're going to do it, it's got to be just absurdly loud. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but then I'm thinking like, you know what, maybe, maybe you put on something like hilarious, you know what I mean? Like you're playing new kids on the block or something like that. Um, well last year, I mean, you have the same list up, uh, Justin Thomas and Bud Cauley walked out to circle of life from Lion King. (laughs) Well, this is what I want to go over because this is something that I think a lot of the listeners don't get to hear all the time is what music the players come out to so this is last year because obviously we cannot look into the future we're not notre damas we don't know what is going to happen okay so um you have the same list is it the same order that i have do you have ches Reeve and lucas glover first uh no but I- I'll-, I'll deal okay fair enough so let's go over some of these and you give me either a yay or a nay scott okay go for it Ches Reeve and Lucas Glover come out to For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. Uh, yay. Yay. Same thing here. Denny McCarthy. I don't even know who that is, Scott. No, no and idea. Joel, and Joel Damon come out to I'm All Right by Kenny Loggins. Uh, nah. That's the Caddyshack theme. I know. Yeah. You're not down with that. Uh, it's like we can't think of anything, so let's use the Caddyshack theme. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough, I agree. Although I do like it. I'm not a big Kenny Loggins fan. Ryan Armour, Johnson Wagner come out to Enter Sandman by Metallica. Um, 
Well, I think if they were the only ones who were using it, great. But, right, uh, because Chris Stroud not, and not Brian Stewart <laughs> also came out to Enter Sandman by Metallica. Hmm. I yeah. think it should be a one-and-done thing, just like a parent's party for a pro-am. I think that once a, a song is used, it's off the table and you cannot use it. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree. It's one, Pick a song. Nope, that's already taken. Pick something else. Exactly. All right, so now one of my favorite ones, uh, Tyrone Van Aswagen and Retief Goosen come out to Africa by Toto. Brilliant. That's hilarious. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, two South Africans coming out to that. Love it. Tom Hogue and J.J. Henry come out to Right Now by Van Halen. Uh, I like the song. I mean, I'm voting that one down. I'm voting it down. Yeah, the song's fine. I, I don't. There's no connection to the two of them there. I don't think so. Tony Finau, Daniel Summerhays come out to Do What Diddy, Blow That Thing by Zap and Roger. I have no idea what that is. I skip. Zach Johnson and Jonathan Bird come out to Thunderstruck by ACDC. Can you imagine Zach Johnson being at an ACDC concert? Uh, no. No, not at all. The only thing that they have in common is the lead singer of ACDC is Brian Johnson. They have the mm. same last name. And they're both kind of shortish. Yep. Yep. Uh, Brian Johnson is going mm. deaf. Maybe Zach Johnson mm. is. Sean Stephanie and, and John Rollins use the same song. Okay. So. There you go. Again, I don't like that. Uh, Patrick Reed and Patrick Cantley, again, together this year and last year, come out to Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. The old Rocky theme. Uh, again... I feel like that's one of those, like, what do you want to use? How about just the Rocky song? Okay, sounds good. You think uh, Justine Reed chose that one? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Greg Chalmers and Cameron Percy come out to Down Under by Men at Work. Perfect. That's hilarious. Perfect. All right, all the following California boys come out to California Love by Tupac. Brennan Steele, Jamie Lovemark, Charlie Hoffman, and Nick Watney. <laughs> they all come out to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those, like, they should only have been allowed one team to use it, but it makes sense. There's a connection. Yep. I like it. Works Billy Horschel, yep, Billy Horschel and Scott Piercy come out to Young Forever by Jay-Z. I like that song, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if, if Horschel has, like, a big hip-hop connection, I don't know. Um, Cody Gribble and John Peterson come out to Careless Whisper by George Michael. I feel like they, they were trying to be funny about it. Yeah, agreed. Um, Shane Lowry and Padraig Harrington come out to Beautiful Day by U2. Uh, makes sense, little Irish connection right there. Yep. Russell Knox and Martin Laird come out to Flower of Scotland. No artist listed. I don't oh, know what the, that is. That's the Scottish National Anthem. Okay. All right. So, cool, I guess. Cool. Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown. Now, Kevin Kisner is a self-proclaimed tobacco-spitting, fishing and hunting redneck from South Carolina. Okay? Mind you, when I tell you who they come out to. Mm-hmm. And Scott Brown, whoever that is, come out to Slippery by Migos. I, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. So I'm just going to assume it's some kind of rap song. It's mumble rap. 
Okay. Straight mumble rap. I don't know if Kevin Kisner e- has even heard one note of that type of music. Yeah, maybe it was them just trying to be funny. I guess. They probably did some, like, awkward, you know, uh, middle-aged white guy hand movements and was like, yo, we're hip, dude. Yes, that's probably what happened. Jason Day and Ryan Ruffles come out to Down Under by Men at Work again. Another Australian um, team. Okay, fine. Yep. Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson come out to Gold by Spando Ballet. Okay. I Do you know that? Not at all. <laughs> Neither have I. Alex Chaka, Ben Crane come out to Here I Go Again by Whitesnake. Uh, again, good song. Fine. It's something that pumps the crowd up. Yep. Uh, to fulfill every Asian stereotype, Sung Kang and John He come out to Bang 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 by the K-pop group Big Bang. Uh, I guess it's better than Gangnam Style. <sighs> Correct. Correct. Um, speaking of Asians, um, Kevin Na and uh, Young Han An came out to Masterpiece Make Him Say Aw, which starts with <laughs> Ananana, Ananana. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that is brilliant. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that, but Kenny Harmon, um, Kevin Oz Caddy, uh, him and I have been chatting back and forth, and we're going to try mm. to get him on the pod next week sometime. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Uh, Seamus Power and David Hearn do Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys, a little Irish music in there. I think Keegan Bradley came out to that too, and whoever he was playing with. You know what? I believe so. You know what I like about Seamus Power? He's His sponsor- name? Well, that too. But he's sponsored by some company called Power. Really? Yep. What are they? I think they're like a construction company. Okay. Hey, get your money wherever you can. Exactly. Jonathan Randolph, Trey Mullinex, come out to Just the Two of Us by Bill Withers. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. It's cute. Cool. Charles Schwartzel and Louis Oosthuizen, your boys, come out to Hakuna Matata. Another African group. At least they didn't pick Toto. Yep. Uh, Michael Kim and Andrew Putnam, still Dre, by the one and only Dr. Dre. Well, if it was by anyone else, it would be silly. Side note, not an actual doctor. Uh, a very. This is a very, very interesting one, and it's a play off his last name. But Chad Campbell and Matt Jones come out to Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows. Uh, that's perfect, because they, they're probably like, well, what do you want to use? And like, I like Counting Crows. Well, they got that Jones song. Let's just go with it. And they probably made, like, some dance that went along with it in my head. Yep, yep. Uh, my personal favorite, Nate Lashley and Rob Oppenheim whose first three letters of his last name are O-P-P, oh, come out to O-P-P by Naughty by Nature. Not that I hate you. That's beautiful. <laughs> Some of these are clever. They are. And, um, yeah, I also, and not that I'm familiar with the song, but Steve Stricker and Jerry Kelly came out to a Toby Keith song, uh, As Good As I Once Was, which is a great song for two older guys. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty solid. In the entire crowd hates me group, and we want to get on their good side since we're in New Orleans, Bubba Watson and Matt Kuchar play When the Saints Go Marching by Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> 
Tyler Duncan, Adam Shank come out to Whoop, There It Is by Tag Team. There it is. Ian Poulter and Graham McDowell, you know I'm a big Ian Poulter fan, come out to Back in Black by ACDC. Classic. Uh, if they were both wearing all black, at least on one of the days, then that's perfect. And what if they had Gary Player as their caddy? Or mascot? Or Yeah, if they just like brought him in from the crowd. Ah. Uh. Brilliant, like a run, like a run-in in WWE. Yeah, or, or like you know what? I don't want to hit this tee shot. Anyone in the crowd want to hit it? <laughs> and then they just point in the crowd, and then he comes out holding a seven iron. It's beautiful. Bryce Garnett and Chesson Hadley, the Thin Man, come out to "Welcome to the Jungle" by Guns N' Roses. Uh, again, pumps the crowd up. Yep, and then Troy Merritt and Brendan DeYoung come out to Hell's Bells by ACDC. Same deal, pumps the crowd up. Yep, exactly. All right, so there you have it. Those are all of last year's walk-up songs. I think next week we'll have to go over this year's walk-out songs because mm. it's just it's just fun as anything, you know? Uh, there's some interesting people playing this week. <laughs> Ernie Els is playing with Trevor, Trevor Immelman. Okay. Uh Maybe we'll get a song about a plane or something like that. Yeah, David Duval's playing. They could use like a G6. Remember that song? That's a good one. They like could a, use that. Like a Gulf Stream. Yeah. 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 Uh, who's David Duval playing with? Furyk. Why is David Duval playing? I, they must have really needed to fill out the field. Okay. And David Furyk's Duval probably, and Jim Furyk, Furyk probably couldn't get anyone else to play with him from that like generation Era. yeah 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 no that makes sense because like you know who's he gonna call well he's gonna call tiger first tiger's not playing and he'll try phil phil's not playing Nah, who else do i get uh former world number one david duval he ain't doing yeah. anything he is the man yeah so there you go like um it. yeah yeah no that's a good tournament so check that out zurich classic of new orleans this week uh, Scott, let's just remind people they can sponsor our podcast and help out. Just go to our Anchor page, click the support link, and, I mean, you can help us out for as little as 99 cents a month that you want to pledge. And, uh, you know, we'll do a bunch of stuff for, for the people that sponsor us, possible playing opportunities, some merchandise, uh, obviously mentions on the pod, on Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Speaking of which, follow us on Twitter at leave underscore the underscore pin, and check out our Instagram page. At Leave the Pin. We're posting a lot of stuff on it. Uh, we've been doing some Instagram live for when we go to the course and stuff like that. And then hit up some of our friends and sponsors fadegolfandstuff.com, fadegolfandstuff on Instagram, trainonmain.com as well as on Instagram, and then finally swingjuice.com and find them on Instagram as well. So, Scott, what else you got before we head out of here? Uh, I got nothing. I mean, I, I'm playing tomorrow, so you know, I'll, I'll probably post some pictures up on Instagram. Very cool. So you can uh, check and see what my uh, my golf day was like. Yeah, um, looking forward to that. I will tell you, I will probably take a picture of a ball on a green, and you know where the pin will be. Leave it in, baby. Exactly. All right, let's let the people know too, Scott. As soon as I get done uploading this, here's here's a little behind the scenes again, right? As soon as I get done uploading this, I am getting on the phone with Tad Fujikawa. And we're going to record, got a good interview with him coming up. Now, most of you might know Tad is one of the youngest people to ever make a PGA Tour cut, um, where he eagled the 18th hole in the second round of the Sony Open and made the cut by three strokes and went on to, or before that, made 
the U.S. Open qualified for and had a, a semi-successful professional career till it kind of went downhill a little bit. But what most people probably know him for nowadays is being the first openly gay male golfer. So he has literally taken um, his popularity and his um, kind of platform that he has and has used it for that medium now. So he's got a whole new range of fans. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be interesting uh, to hear what he has to say. Looking forward. Yeah, to I've got I've got some some good questions, and I'm hoping you know he seems like a pretty open guy, uh, you know. So I'm hoping we can get get some good dialogue going. Yeah, it should be pretty cool. Yeah, but just another example of the the type of people that we're gonna you know bring to you within the golf community on Leave the Pin in. Yep. All right, brother. So should they get busy golfing or get busy dying? They definitely should. All right. See ya.